Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. Welcome back, Ramblers, for another Inside Edition of Swig and Ramble, Episode 3, Whiskey Mania and Fuckery. I'm Julia Men from the Weed Tipple, and with me are Mark Pruitt from Resident Pros and Justin Corey from Bevfluence. Welcome back, guys. Hey. So, oh. what's been happening in the news? Oh, the, the news is kind of interesting. I, I wanted to touch on something specific. It's not really relevant news for today, but I wanted to make sure that people understood what the United States craft spirits industry did for this pandemic. Um, the numbers are pretty staggering. Um, the way this industry came together and donated millions of dollars worth of not just sanitizer, but they donated products in order to make sanitizer. Um, around March 26th, 2020, which was oh. a little over a year ago, um, wow. PTB had to, yeah, had to send guidance on how to make uh, hand sanitizer or how to at least the TTB is the tax and trade bureau because spirits producers get taxed on everything. So when you pivot from making a potable spirit to making a non-potable spirit, for instance, um, the alcohol that is used in, um, in hand sanitizer, there's a, there's a tax variance. There's a, there's a difference there. It's, it's a commodity. So you still have to be taxed on it because it's still alcohol. Um, so the CTB sent guidance on March 30th of that year, they announced new <laughs> uh, guidance and they launched a new webpage. Um, and then on March 31st, a day later, they announced a 90-day postponement of the excise tax um, because they'd never had to deal with this before. They'd never had to figure out how to how to stop taxing people. <laughs> this is their job is to tax people. So it was, it was really kind of interesting. So um, essentially what, what this industry did was as of March 1st, 2020, which was still very early, um, in the, I'm sorry, since March 1st, 2020, um, and right around the summertime of, of last year, they had produced, craft producers had made 1,423,503 gallons. Jesus. Of That's a lot. Which is essentially 22, a little over 22 and a half million eight ounce bottles. It saved lives. Um, so the next time you're thinking of buying big, buy local, buy, buy craft. There's a good chance that that brewery or that distillery, the distillery more, more often, uh, produced sanitizer. Um, and again, most of these, um, most of these uh, producers, they weren't profiting from the sanitizer. A lot of it was to give away to first responders, hospitals, local fire stations, you name it. It was, they were literally bringing on their staffs working their asses off to produce this and, and they save lives. So I just want to throw that out there as a shout out to the craft beverage industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, because I remember 
Oof, this time last year and following a lot of local distilleries that my friends ran or were new to the area that I was in. And yeah, they were just all of a sudden switching gears and telling people, well, more so organizations, not like individual people, but organizations that were very important to the health industry or the healthcare industry come you know, set up an appointment to come grab your hand sanitizer for free. It's on us. We are just pivoting our production and assembly lines to help with this crazy, crazy new thing that's happening. And good on them for doing that and for the industry stepping up. That was really important and just really awesome to see. And yeah, in, in a time of so much shit going on, that there are people doing good and necessary things. It was really nice to see. And that sounds kind of stupid, but I mean, it's true. Good on them. And thank you to all the people out there who were doing that. Thank you so very much. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, there's a tremendous amount of goodwill that was generated by that. And when you look at the ability for some of those small manufacturers to quickly pivot and make something great happen and, you know, really get it in into the hands directly of people that needed it. it it's a fantastic testament to how business can work and how, can, how they can come together to make something great happen, for sure. Hi. And in case you were wondering, the, the word of the day is pivot. <laughs> Mark, what do you got? Well, I think that takes back uh, this. The, the I can't fucking talk. <laughs> Leave that in there because I think it's a good testament to this. This is a real show, and we're fucking amateurs. At least I am. Anyways, wow, <laughs> I got her. I got It'll her to snort. You got a Julia snort, and oh. it didn't even wait until the very end. So, it, kids, were on a roll. The show is officially kicked off. I fucked up, and Julia snorted. <laughs> so. This brings us, if we could pull our shit together, to the what sours our mash for this particular show. Uh, if I can, if I can bring Julia out of the abyss and uh, get her unsnorting. Um, I mean, the abyss got, is where most comfortable. Just so we're clear. However, yeah, I have something that sours my mash. Okay, you guys know how awful paper cuts are, right? They're they're irritating they're just unnecessary and they hurt way more than they ought to it's just stupid right okay so paper cuts they're bad you know what's even worse paper cutter cuts because julia's a bit of a dumbass and managed to cut herself <laughs> on the very paper cutter that she bought for work and the very first time she used it, uh, she somehow magically cut herself on it. So that sucked. At least the blade is sharp. And also bonus points because now I look a little bit like Wolverine because it was right in the middle of my first two knuckles. So there it is, kids. So yeah, be careful. With paper just a couple of things about that. That almost took a dark turn. Like I just, I wanted to make sure that the paper cut, paper cutter was cutting you and you not using a paper cutter to do something else. People at work better just watch out. Hey, come on. Let's uh, now it's getting really uncomfortable. 
snorting and workplace violence are never things we should engage in. I'm just the censors. Don't worry. At the end of this episode, I will have a disclaimer. The, the, the HR, HR department just called and said, yeah, you can't say fuck and you can't talk about what you just talked about. Yeah. See, these guys just keep me in line. It's really boring. Well, if it helps, none of us are wearing pants. Oh, well, there you that go. is absolutely true. It's very yeah. comfortable. It's very freeing. So am I the only one that has a sour my mash this week? Or Okay. I've actually got a few things if I can throw them out there. Hit it. There's actually three things that have jumped oh. into my bucket for um, sours my mash because I'm extra pissy today. So the first thing is paywalls. Fuck paywalls. Why do oh. I have to pay? Why do I have to pay the privilege for you to serve me an ad? Go fuck yourself. Um, the other thing is uh, spell check fails. <laughs> Inside joke. We'll explain Don't look later. at me. Don't look at me. It's not my goddamn fault. <laughs> but the big one for me is distracted drivers. Something, if you know about what I do in my spare time, I ride a motorcycle. Um, you have to be hyper vigilant because people are assholes and they think they own the road. So the next time you're driving, the next time you think to pick up your phone, don't do it. And that's not a public service announcement. Uh, that's a command because I'll follow you to where you're going and kick you in the ass for being an idiot. And I'm just kidding about that. But that's what sours my mash. Okay, so far we've had two people threaten the, the public openly on a recorded podcast. Um, <clears throat> what sours my mash? People, that's all I got. Satire, Justin, satire. That's it. People sours my mash. And right. many a truth was said in jest, as my parents told me many times as I was growing up. So, you know what? Yeah, people. If Come on, threaten stuff. something, Justin. Just... I, I it's, just it's, did. It's, it's it's very people. freeing. Just yeah, you have to be you have to be more specific with that. You guys can get away with threatening people. The way I look, it's not it's not okay. Trust me. Oh. Once you deal <laughs> with me in an airport, you'll you'll understand. So I'm gonna move on to what's in my glass. Um, who would like to go first today? I'll Mark, go first. I feel like yeah, you haven't you haven't jumped in first, so mm. Mark. What's in your glass? I'm not going to make it flowery. I'm just going to make it very simple. Flowery. Uh, yeah. Flowery. You, you want it flowery? flowery? I'm picking up this unique, uniquely shaped bottle that has a very bulbous end. Oh, oh back, back that's... To regular. That's, that's awkward. Where do we go with that description? <laughs> I, with, with apologies to Elijah Craig, because I love Elijah Craig. I'm drinking Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. Ooh, toasted. Cheers, bitches. Cheer. Oh, that's it? You're just that's, that's the whole thing. That's a that teaser right there. That is a tasting note for the ages. Yes. Oh, you wanna, oh, you oh, you want me to describe it? I forgot about that part. I thought you just wanted to know what was in my glass. You didn't forgot about the show that we okay, got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about your Elijah Craig toasted barrel? This is a show. Is it? Are we recording what? this? I thought what we were just are talking. You people, where am I? What the hey, fuck? What can be said about Elijah Craig toasted barrel? It's a it's making me unable to speak. It is a sweet vanilla bomb, uh, very sugary overtones. Um, and I'm not talking about like brown sugar. I'm talking about sugary up front um, on the nose. You get a very strong vanilla. That's pretty much it. I, I, I love Are this. Are you getting any toasted barrel in there? I don't even know how to answer that question. I'm not smart. I feel like you just totally just threw shade at me for my whiskey knowledge. Well, 
you know, no judgment, man. It's okay. <laughs> well, this is did, a husky podcast. I, I did not pick up any toasted barrel, and I thought the sweetness and the sugary notes were lent to the taste by the toasted barrel. Okay. But no, like, honestly, like, you're not getting any smoky or toasty. Oaky. No, there is absolutely no smoke that is contained okay. in this whatsoever. Interesting. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, Justin, what's in your glass, eh? Um, well, I've got, uh, <clears throat> speaking of craft, because um, I like to support, um, not quite local because they're on literally the other side of the country from me. Uh, John Meyer, I've actually been to this farm, been to this distillery. Um, this is their, their New York straight four grain whiskey. Oh, uh, their single barrel. I'm sorry? This should be near me then. Yeah, it's actually course. not too far. And in fact, I've got some, plenty of great distilleries you can visit. Um, Fuck yes. By your, uh, where you are. Um, so anyway, this is a 45% ABV. It's their single barrel four grain whiskey, which is a blend of, of four grains. Can you uh, identify the four grains? Can I? Yes. Uh, wheat, rye, corn, and malted barley. And I wow. think, I think they might actually... I think they might actually be throwing in some unmalted barley in here as well, just because I've get that characteristic. I'll have to double check. Your palate is that sophisticated. It is. I'm impressed. He's a clever beaver. I do. I do. However, I do love this, this spirit. I mean, four grain whiskeys are, are popular, especially in the craft world. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think they get enough love. Everybody wants bourbon or rye, or they want, BTAC or they want you know some other shit that you know they made four bottles of and tried to get it to 75 states and 82 countries um but uh this is a it's a quality spirit I'm definitely getting uh uncooked um like uncooked rice uncooked grain kind of that raw cereal note or cold cereal note um tiny little bit of like undercooked cinnabon like you know cinnamon roll um which I kind of, I kind of like. Um, and then on the I, palate. I always really enjoyed the kind of undercooked Cinnabon. Those were oh, the yeah. best. That's the best. This, I'm from the South. We, when we make our biscuits, they're, they're, they're barely cooked. Like that's, oh, oh. Yes. this is, it's got a very nice spice. I do definitely get the rye on the, on the finish. Um, <clears throat> very clean. I'm still, I'm still getting the finish. So it's a nice lingering finish for me. It kind of fades to um, like a cherry blow pop. Just, you know, the, 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 the candy with the bubble gum inside. Yeah, that's um, fucking taking it back. Yeah, yeah, that's old school. So, I mean, I'm really, I'm really liking this. So it might also be the jelly beans that are on my, that are my desk that I'm smelling, but I doubt it. Um, there's always Justin, candy on my desk. So. Justin is a clever beaver. I, I agree with that. And I've been holding that comment for like three minutes now as he's been talking. Yeah, there you right, go. Well, uh, Julia, I believe you are last oh, but not yeah. least. What is in your glass? And that's all the time we have. Let's move on. Ah, uh, fuck off, Mark. <laughs> now we can of her. I am zazzing things up this evening by having an old-fashioned, actually. Normally, I drink my whiskey neat, but today I was feeling a cocktail. It was a lovely day out, and uh, I just wanted an old-fashioned, because an old-fashioned... It's just, it over delivers for how freaking simple it is. I mean, it's sugar, it's bitter, it's whiskey. And I like to put a giant uh, cube of ice in there. And I like, you know, about these silicon molds and it, it's just delightful. It never disappoints. And of course I bought flavored bitters um, 
I typically prefer chocolate old fashions, but tonight I wanted something a little bit lighter. So I went with a peach old fashioned and it's just, it's just happiness in a glass, kids. Cheers. You're using rye or bourbon in your old fashioned? Bourbon. And uh, Sweet Christmas, I knew the name of the bourbon that I put in there. It was a straight bourbon. Kentucky old or old Kentucky something something. Jesus, think of the sponsors, Julia. <laughs> yeah. What, well, what okay. are they going to say? What is Sazerac going to say when they're cutting those checks? Well, I mean, this company uh, isn't paying me. So if you pay me, I will remember your details. Just that is the best pitch for a media kit right there. End of story. You're welcome. Um, no, this is something I got as like a third of a bottle filled, like cast off from the shop. And they, like, they didn't want it anymore. It was going to get tossed out. And I'm like, I'll try it. I'll see if it's any good. And it's actually surprisingly good for mixing. So I'm like, fuck yeah. Instead of using the higher end stuff that I often, well, okay, no, okay. I don't want to sound pretentious, not necessarily higher end, but like the more name brand stuff, which I know I like to drink straight. It just kills me a little bit inside to mix it then because I know how much I like it just as it is. Um, so yeah, this, I, I don't mind mixing because it's not necessarily great on its own, but it's great in an old fashioned and old fashions are fantastic. If you haven't had one, highly recommend it. Easy as and delicious. There you go. Did you muddle it? Man, calling me out? No, I don't have sugar cubes. I made my own simple, okay? Stop judging me. It's actually gonna be my question is, did you use a cube or simple syrup? Which doesn't matter. I'm just curious, because I like to geek out about that. But, uh, um, so I mean, I've been meaning to like get sugar cubes to actually muddle because that's the way you're quote unquote supposed to do an old fashioned and you shouldn't use quote unquote shouldn't use simple syrup but you know what i made my own simple and whatever it's fine it works it's still delicious cool. don't hey folks. judge hey folks i'm filing this away for later so when the muddle thing happens in another episode just remember this mm -hmm. oh well kids talked about some news, talked about some drinks. What's the main topic of this evening? So Whiskey Mania, is that like WrestleMania? We're gonna, we're gonna duke it out. Is I that, don't is know that, what WrestleMania is. Yeah, let's get ready to whiskey. I like whiskey, <laughs> so yes, let's whiskey on. Kids. Yes, so you know what? I, I wanna talk about this. And uh, if you're in the whiskey world, if you have a pulse, in the last couple of weeks, you've probably seen an article that's been floating around. I'm not even going to name the publication. I'm certainly not going to name the author, but it was uh, examining the difference in whiskey based on a common spelling difference, uh, essentially judging whiskey on a syntax issue. And I think that this jumps into a very rich topic uh, that we could get into in the thoughts of what the hell are people writing out there about whiskey? Are people just writing crap to jump onto the whiskey craze? Justin, I know you probably have thoughts on this. What do you got? I, I have tons of thoughts. And I think you're actually being a little too polite when you say examines, because um, describing this article to my wife earlier tonight, um, the words that come to mind are nonsensical dribble. Um, I was rereading the article 
trying to find any redeeming quality. I don't know why the publisher decided to, to, to put it on. I don't know what the author was trying to say. Um, the the um, the title was whiskey versus whiskey with an e. Um, I I'm still looking weeks later, and I'm a fairly well-read person, but I don't understand at all what he was trying to say. Um, what this I shouldn't say he, but the he. This guy's an asshole, and I don't understand why they would publish such unmitigated moronicism. To, for lack of, 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 a, of a better term. Um, most of the people in the whiskey world who came across this article, who have, like you said, uh, a heartbeat or a pulse, um, had nothing but disdain for this particular article um, and many other articles like it. And it seems to me that people are writing garbage just to write garbage. Um, and so I'd like to, I think we should focus this episode today on, on whiskey mania and fuckery. Why, why are these people writing what they're writing and, and saying for that matter, there's, there's podcasts and, and other things, um, YouTube channels and so on and so forth, full of people who have no idea what they're saying. Mm, yes. So um, just to clarify for those of you listening, we are not in that group. <laughs> um, most of us, in fact, all of us in this uh, on this podcast, uh, go back in our wine, beer, spirits, hospitality education uh, a very long time. So our credentials are they're they're readily available should you need them. Um, that being said, uh, if tomorrow someone said, "Hey, could you write about um, this new music album?" Uh, even as a lover of music, my favorite album is Pet Sounds, but um, I would say no, because I, like many people and like all of us on this podcast, uh, don't want to sound like an idiot. Mm. So, which is why when we do these episodes and when we do this research, we go deep. Um, so let's, let's open it up to the floor. Joya, what do, you, what do you have on this? And then we can kind of talk about the three different types of people who are writing this, this garbage. Right. Well, as you mentioned, research. As a writer, and I've been writing for most of my life and professionally for multiple years, research is so freaking important, kids. Oh my God. And like this, okay, this article, I was confused right off the bat because it didn't strike any sort of tone. Like it didn't fully go into the satirism. It definitely wasn't actually meant to be educational like I just didn't know what story they were trying to tell and as an author the story is most important story and facts right if it's an actual news article but it oh my god they just they if you had read it as I'm sure many of you have it it was leading sort of somewhere where you didn't know it was taking you. And then it just ended. It was like the most abrupt ending I had ever read. And I'm like, well, wait, wait hold on, hold on. Because before it actually ends, it calls out a major brand of whiskey. Oh yeah, it does. It's like and, a fucking gauntlet throw down, yo. And, and you would think that somebody would be sending that editorial content to representatives of that company and saying, oh, by the way, this is what 
you know, you're, you're spending your hard earned advertising dollars here. And if, if I can interject quickly, Julia, uh, you know, other than Justin is a 500 year old man who, whose favorite album is Pet Sounds, who, who, what, please somebody write that down as a topic to discuss a lot later, please. Cause I would really love to get into that. Anyways, there's two things here. Um, one of the things as a writer and, and, and as a writer, you should always be a student of not only the craft of writing, but the subject matter that you're working with. Are you writing for notoriety? Or are you writing for knowledge? And I think that that's an important distinction here because I think this person is basically just writing crap for the sake of being notorious. Absolutely. The second thing, and, and this is a pet peeve of mine, and this is where I'm turning into a five-year-old, 500-year-old man, is the idea that traditionally speaking, you should be producing great, fantastic content and advertising dollars will follow in accordance to that. What I think is happening is, is people are just trying to produce content just mm-hmm. for the sake of just grabbing eyeballs for, for no other reason than to say, well, we served your ad to this many tens of thousands of people or wh- whatever the reach happens to be. And, and it's, it's a very subtle distinction, but it is a major distinction from the standpoint of creating content. Don't create content just for the sake of creating content. Create content to be informative. As you stated, we're all people that have experience here. We want to talk about interesting subjects and we want to try and be funny about it, but saying fuckery just for the sake of it, you know, it, it, it doesn't generate any insights. And I think people need to go back to, to basics and stop thinking about how to create every single opportunity to serve some sort of an ad or put something out there and wrapping that around crap editorial. No, Sorry, but that's I'll, the problem. Putting my that soapbox is, away. No, but that's the actual problem is because the marketers, I feel, don't care about facts or about education. They care about numbers. And what this person put out there got numbers because it was incendiary and trite and drivel in all sorts of things, but it irritated people. It niggled at us. And so we shared it and we're talking about it. We're fucking talking about it on this show. Like it got attention. Honestly, I'm not sure why it's gotten attention or to like what end the marketers or producers on their end wanted it to, but it's gotten the numbers. It has been shared countless times and sparked endless conversations about it. The publisher probably wants us to say the name of it. And quite frankly, uh, I will fight tooth and nail to prevent us from giving them the satisfaction. Fuck them because they shouldn't be rewarding for producing such crap content. And I don't want to get on my high horse, but it's offensive to people who actually take the time to try and produce good content around the world of whiskey. Yeah. Well, what I was super confused about is because the title itself was saying, you know, whiskey or whiskey with an E. And then in the 
in the actual article, it never spoke about why there's a differentiation. And there's a historical reason for some countries producing it with the E and some without, and it never went into that. And also it was leading kind of in the first paragraph or so, um, and even kind of implied in the title itself, that there was gonna be some quality difference if you got a whiskey, whether it was spelled with an E versus not with an E. And then it never fucking went there. He glosses right over it. Yeah, he, and then he, goes he has, and then goes right into throwing shade at a bunch of stuff. Yeah, a couple of examples of I'm not quite sure what's. And then it just ended. So yeah, Justin, you've been awfully silent. Well, no hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, here. there's a plot twist here. Justin actually wrote the article. Justin. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> That, that's that's false. Let's just go on the record and say that that is completely and totally false. But that, that I just want, I wanted to wake up, Justin. To to my to my dismay and also to my credit, I I've spent years not publishing articles because I felt like I didn't have enough research behind them. Mm. Um, and we're we're gonna be running. Uh, a little long on this. So I, I, I'm going to be honest, I think this is, this is worthy of a two-parter because I don't want to spend the entire episode talking about this one douche nozzle um, because there's plenty of other really bad douche nozzles out there who are producing garbage content just for the sake of uh, saying something. Um, there are plenty of people out there who are doing great stuff and we'll definitely get to that uh, later on. Um, is this, a, but, this is a bona fide cliffhanger, right? Is that is that what is, you're throwing on here? Well, dun, dun, we're going to we're gonna get to the cliffhanger part. There's three types of writers in this world. Um, number one, people who write and they have no clue what they're talking about. I think this guy, this this particular instance, falls into that category. And we all know people who who write, but have no idea about their subject matter. They're just doing it just because. Um, the second the second type of of writer is people who are just aiming for clickbait. And that was a word that I had actually forgotten until Julia mm. brought it up when we were planning this episode um, because there is way, way, way too much clickbait out there. So my advice, take, take it you know, for what it's worth, um, <clears throat> about 25 cents. Um, don't bother with the clickbait crap. Uh, I, check in, I check in on the news every day. I go to Google News because that's where the aggregate of all the news articles are. That's where the headlines are, so to speak. If there's something that I want to read, I read it. I then go to other sources and I read the same information from a different source. I don't say this is the one article that I've read and therefore I am an expert on it. I, I know the listeners can't see, but my two cohorts can definitely see behind me this by this is a painting, by the way, um, <laughs> that, I, that I do like to read. And I like to read more than one. And, and you should. So out, when you go out there, even with us, you're listening to this podcast right now. There are plenty of other podcasts you should be listening to. You can be listening to. There's plenty of articles you can click on. We'll have a list of some of the best resources out there where you can really, truly get your best whiskey and spirits information, not to mention, you know, our own website, uh, which is is chock full of of information uh, and, and former episodes and uh, and just ton of tons of deep dives uh, when it comes to the stories 
and the history of American whiskey and other, you know, whiskey around the world and, and other things, spirits and wine. Um, the third type of, of writer um, is satire. Um, and technically there's a fourth, I guess, which would just be a proper writer, someone who's actually writing good information and well-researched, but we're talking about the, the three bad types of writers. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that this article was the first two, bad writing from someone who didn't know what he was talking about and also clickbait yep, and it worked. Absolutely. That's the problem is you throw a grenade into a group of people who <laughs> jump when you throw a grenade, they're <laughs> gonna jump. And the whiskey communities on social media, they jumped and they jumped hard. And of course the backlash was negative because who's ever heard of a positive backlash? <laughs> That's the whole point. Uh, uh, excuse me. Good uh, Lord. This is a <laughs> proper show, Justin. Soda and the um, and the whiskey, which is now in, in one. And place. the candy. Um, Don't forget the yeah. candy. Uh, I feel. I feel like I need to make a bodily related noise now. I, I, oh wait, let, let's, let's, hasn't. We had a snort. We had a burp, and oh, uh... yeah. Um. So I I gotta be honest with you. I think that's all the time we have. For, for well, the, this particular one today, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over for a wrap up. The cliffhanger is what bodily noise will I be making? And there goes our audience. <laughs> no one wants to know. There will be crickets chirping as our audience next week. But in the meantime, thanks to all you ramblers who decided to tune in. I'm Julia from the Wee Tipple. You can follow me at the Wee Tipple on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And Mark, what are your socials? My socials are at Resonant Pros. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And Justin. My socials are at Swig and Ramble, number one. That You should all follow that. Um, at Wizard of Whiskey. And then uh, for all the corporate bullshit, at Bevfluence. Um, so on, on all the Facebook, Twitter. Yes, I'm one of those people uh, still on Twitter. And the Insta pages. Next episode, we'll be muting our phones. And next episode, I would... In- invite everyone to join us as we discuss those assholes who only want Blantons. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!